Hello and welcome to the Haskell Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Fossack. I'm the lead developer at IT Pro TV. And with me in the studio today is Cody Goodman. Thanks for being with us, Cody. Thanks, Taylor. Here we're going to talk about some exceptions. We are. Before we get to that, just a quick overview. Uh, Haskell is a safe, purely functional programming language with a fast, concurrent runtime. And as Cody mentioned, we're going to be talking about exceptions in Haskell today. Uh, in particular, we're looking at this article posted by Mark Karpov called Exceptions Tutorial. It's uh, from the yet-to-be-published Intermediate Haskell book. Really, we're just going to jump right in. So, Cody, why do we even bother with exceptions? Why not have pure computations everywhere? Well, we're trying to model the real world. The real world is imperfect, so we have to have some way of capturing that. Uh, exceptions are an imperfect but time-tested proven way of doing that. Uh, we know them from other languages that we've worked with, other imperative languages, but we get to Haskell, we start learning it. Uh, we see these different paradigms, these different ways of modeling the world around us. Why can't we just stuff exceptions into that model and get all the benefits as well? And it turns out after you try that, you'll, you'll see that coming up with the exception hierarchies, uh, making models that make sense is, is really difficult. Whenever you want to add another, another exception, for instance, you have to type that out, account for it somewhere else. It comes quite, becomes quite laborious. Yeah, and let's back up a minute and make this concrete. You mentioned that the real world, unfortunately, has imperfections, unlike our pure crystalline world of Haskell. Um, what are some of those uh, things that we could talk about just to have a concrete example to play with? If you just take integer division, for instance, something that can go wrong is a user passing a zero and a divide by zero happening. Yeah, and then the whole app blows up, which may be what we want, but maybe not. Let's say that somebody divides by zero. One way that we could model that is with an exception. I think a lot of languages like Python do that. I, Haskell may even do that. But what are some other options we have for how to model that other than an exception? Uh, one other option, if uh, you've been learning Haskell or using it much, is the maybe or either monad. Now in this case, the either monad wouldn't make a lot of sense because there's really only uh, that one case that could go wrong with integer division. Maybe I'll listen to this later and <laughs> see I was wrong here, but... Yeah, there might be lots of ways that integer <laughs> division could go wrong. I, I'm not a mathematician, I couldn't tell you. Indeed. <laughs> so using a maybe, uh, we could model that division by zero as a nothing or if we got the result and it wasn't a zero, just that value. It, since we only have one uh, kind of exception case to deal with here, it's pretty easy to decide, yeah, we should probably use maybe instead of either. But if we had a lot of cases, wouldn't we want to use either rather than maybe? Yeah, uh, typically you'd want to use either. When you, when you first learn about that, uh, say from real world Haskell or some more updated materials, you'll use either string some value and you will use that to essentially print out what that string value is. But that's remarkably similar to just using exceptions. Yeah, the only difference really is that we've captured it in the type and we can work with it as a value. Either string something isn't super useful because the only thing you can do with that string is maybe print it out or maybe poke at it if you really want to try to determine, like, does it have zero in there somewhere? Which right. isn't very satisfying. But let's say, you know, we have integer division by zero, which returns a maybe. We have some more complicated thing that returns an either. Isn't it kind of difficult to smush those values together and work with both of them in one context? How do you mean exactly? So if we have, like, a, you know, integer division that returns a maybe integer, and so 
we have to deal with just some value or nothing. And then we have some other computation. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it returns an either, let's say, string integer. And we want to, if the maybe is a just integer and the either is a right integer, add those things together. Don't we have to do like a lot of pattern matching or something? Yeah, we have to do pattern matching. There's there's no good way to uh, use any any F mapping or short circuiting between uh, maybes and either's because they have a, a different number of parameters. Yeah, and they're just different types. Whereas if everything was a maybe or everything was an either, and even with the same error type, then we could work with those values really easily. Right. And I guess a problem there would be that that error type, if we were using either, would start to get really big, right? Yeah, uh, so let's say you replace that string with your own my custom error type. Uh, you make it a sum type and you enumerate out all the things that could go wrong. Uh, sure, with simple problems, that would that would not be too bad, and it may even be the preferred option in simple cases. But if you have something relatively complex or something that gets very complex on you, even though you thought it would be simple, it becomes really laborious, and the value proposition isn't so much in favor of those huge hierarchies. Yeah, and you look at the exception hierarchy, even for a language like Haskell, but for stuff like Ruby or Python, there's a lot of different types of errors in there. And stuffing all those into one error type, like I don't want to deal with all those exception cases all the time because most of the time they're not going to happen. Right. If 90% if of your case matches that you're, you're doing control flow off of do the exact same thing and they print out the error, what value are you getting specifically from not using exceptions and instead using either in a custom error hierarchy? Yeah, and furthermore, if I had a, you know, let's say I had this integer division function and it returned either some big error type integer, if I wanted to handle the result of that, really the, I know based on, let's say, the documentation or just my gut, that the only exception it's actually going to return is the division by zero one. But I also have to handle like file does not exist error and control C and all this other stuff, even though I, I know in my heart of hearts that it's never going to happen. Right, and that's something that, that just doesn't make sense and it's something that you're definitely not going to have time for. I think that might be a reason that, for instance, uh, programmers who don't know as much about Haskell or the benefits of it will see it as, as not a real-world language. They don't want to be caught up in all those concerns, but uh, the good news is they don't have to be. Yeah, exactly. It is a real-world language, and it can be used the same way as every other language because you can just throw an exception. And in a way, throwing an exception is a lot like you're in this either some giant error case, except that you don't have to explicitly handle all these cases that you know aren't going to happen. You can only catch or deal with the exceptions that your documentation says that thing is going to throw. Right. And, uh, and that's okay. I think, I think we should encourage that because it, it's also an effective way of learning Haskell is, is only handling the cases that you think you're going to have to care about and then updating the code incrementally as you go along. There is at first a feeling of, oh, I have to learn everything up front. Yeah, you don't need to learn everything all at once. You can learn stuff as you go. We've been talking about integer division. Obviously, that's a pure operation. It doesn't you know, need to read from a file or talk to the network or anything like that. But we're also talking about throwing exceptions. Isn't it weird that exceptions can be thrown from pure code? It does seem weird. You know, uh, why, why does this happen? Why can't we just depend on those, those pure operations? And the reasoning for that is, is because the complications of the real world again you know, maybe our computer runs out of memory, for instance, while we're trying to add two numbers. Yeah, and what do what we do if, there? Exactly. <laughs>
Um, so we kind of exceptions have to be able to be thrown from pure code because the real world is going to butt in and say, well, I know that's a pure mathematical function you're dealing with, but sorry, I ran out of power. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we got too close to the sun and there's a flare <laughs> or something. Yeah, some bit got flipped on our hard drive. What are we going to do? But if we can throw exceptions from pure code, wouldn't it make sense that we could catch them from pure code too? Well, it would, and that's that's where you get into sort of one of the gotchas in Haskell, at least at first. Uh, only I.O. is in order. Um, pure code doesn't necessarily have a guarantee of the order. For instance, addition. Yeah, so what do you mean by addition? Like if I'm adding two and three, it seems pretty clear what's going to happen. Right, but uh, if we if we have two errors that are being added together, uh, we have error string of one and error string of two, we don't necessarily know which one of those will be evaluated first. Right, so it could be, you know, we'd run that and we'd get one printed out to our console as the error, or we'd get two, and there's just no way to know ahead of time which one it's going to be. Exactly. So since that's the case, we can only catch errors in I.O., is that right? Correct. That means that we can throw errors anywhere we want, and then at the top level of our program, which has to be I.O., right? Mm -hmm. That's where we handle everything and do the typical I.O. stuff of just log it out and crash the program. Correct, correct. Thanks for being on the show, Cody. It's been great to be here. I look forward to talking to you soon. To learn more information about Haskell, go to our website, haskellweekly.news. From all of us here at Haskell Weekly and IT Pro TV, I'm your host, Taylor Fossack. We'll see you next week.